The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the incitement how to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spa, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, I don't know if you saw this article in Forbes, um, but I sure did. And I bet a lot of you did. It was back in April. It's all around uh, moms and the rise of women. And this particular article was written by Caroline Winnett. She's the CEO of Nielsen NeuroFocus. And it's called Your Best Target. Their brains are built for shopping. It's more proof that moms are your best target. Their brains are built for shopping. And believe it or not, there's actually neurological research that shows that moms are indeed better shoppers. Isn't that interesting? It's based on consumer neuroscience. It's actually a growing area, according to Caroline Winnett, for marketers looking to better understand consumers in greater detail. And apparently moms have larger connective area between the right and left hemispheres that allow our brains to be more efficient in gathering synthesizing and integrating new messages. Now, we all knew we were smarter ladies if we were moms, right? Well, this just actually proves it, and it proves we're better shoppers. So based on these insights, uh, Caroline and her team came up with uh, kind of a short list of best practices when it comes to targeting moms specifically. We have enhanced senses, and so therefore, if she is saying brands should consider scent marketing for products and stores, which is kind of interesting. Um, also, more active Amiro neuron system, that's MNS, in case you didn't know it. Apparently, brands should include uh, people that moms can identify with while showing others actively enjoying their product which is interesting. Apparently, MNS is the system that mirrors brain activity. So when watching another person have an experience or perform a task, so it actually just allows you to kind of have that same brand experience when you see somebody else doing it. We know moms are already big connectors with others, so having that sense of community is big. Um, Also, increased vigilance. Um, According to this Forbes article, brands need to... point out safety features in a positive light, not using scare tactics. We also need to be very efficient in store. Um, We know that moms are busy people and it's good for them to get in and get out as they can. We also know that moms are big multitaskers. So if brands can provide tools to make 
make our lives easier, we're going to really appreciate that. And if you as a company can also play into some of the strong core values around your brand, um, and then those mirror also mom's core values, we know that moms are drawn to those types of themes and messages. So just some really interesting things I thought uh, from that Forbes article back in April. If you haven't read it, you might want to see if you can go pick up an old an old um, issue. Well, our first profile today is the reasonable luxury mom. This is a woman, 35 to 45, married, um, kids in the household under age 12, making up to $250,000, at least her household is. There's a little over a million of these women out there. She is a college grad, um, but choosing to, to stay at home for the most part. She really struggles with her desire to have those luxury items and then also her role of being a mom and sometimes having to give those up. She will spend on personal items, um, but when she does, she has a little bit of guilt related to it. She feels a little selfish about it. And um, big brands um, do speak to her, um, but she really does spend the most on luxury items for her entire family. So that would be luxury household items, cars, occasions when, when she can. Uh, she does use shopping as an escape, and she loves to go into a luxurious retail environment. In fact, she even says it's worth paying extra for those quality goods. She loves owning them. She'll travel an hour or more to get to a destination, a retail destination, and she loves to buy designer items. Um, you know, she does shop around for the best price, even for those most expensive items, and she is looking for special offers. And she will go into those specialty stores. In fact, she actually prefers it because... Because of employee knowledge on the ground in those stores and her friends, of course, influence where she buys and what she buys. Um, and she goes back to those favorite stores all the time. So where's, where is she shopping? Well, she's shopping Chanel. She's shopping um, Calvin Klein. Those are some big ones for her. Clinique, MAC. Um, she's driving Audi, Mercedes-Benz, um, Volvo. She's online a lot um, at Disney and Amazon. Um, she's reading a ton of magazines. Uh, she likes to flip through them for inspiration. A lot of them are related to her role as mom, like family fun and good housekeeping and real simple parents parenting and parents, but she also likes Vogue as well. Well, my guest for today knows a lot about luxury, that's for sure. Pam Danziger is the president of Unity Marketing, and it is the eyes and ears of the luxury retail marketplace. Pam's been on the program many times, and each and every time she brings great insight. She's the author of a variety of books, including Shopping, Why We Love It, and How Retailers Can Create the Ultimate Customer Experience, along with the book Putting the Loops Back in Luxury, How New Consumer Values Are Redefining the Way We Market Luxury. Well, this time around, though, Pam is sharing a little something special. It's some insight into how big box stores are using tips and tricks, and she was just featured on CNBC, so I wanted to make sure she got on the show today to give us those tips and tricks. So more from Pam when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? 
Search Metrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with SearchMetrics.com. That's SearchMetrics.com. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. There's a lot of webmasters out there and they all have traffic to send you. For them to send you traffic, they need to know who you are. Want to reach them? Heck, you need to reach them. To reach them, you need to be where they are. You need to speak their language. You need to tell them how you're all going to make money together sending traffic to your sites. Webmaster Radio is the place to reach them. Webmaster Radio is the place where webmasters, affiliate programs, and internet businesses come together to learn, share, connect, and do business. Use banners? Buttons? Sure, you've got those here. But if you want to put out the message that not only tells them what you do, but the spirit of your company, Webmaster Radio is the place. We'll put out a professionally produced radio spot that can be informative, entertaining, even silly. It'll get your message out to the Webmaster community. And hey, we'll all do more business. Webmaster Radio, where everybody learns to make more money. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Pam Danziger, president of Unity Marketing and author of a number of books on the topic of luxury. Pam is an internationally recognized expert specializing in consumer insights for marketers targeting the affluent consumer segment. And welcome back to the program, Pam. It's good to be with you, Maria. I'm always delighted to have you. I think you always bring great insight into a coveted uh, segment. Um, I know I keep tabs with you on your great e-newsletters, but this time you actually caught my eye because you were featured on CNBC. They had a special called the Costco craze inside the warehouse giant. First, congrats on the piece. Thank you. And it's still I'm playing. Curious. How I did it come it. about? I just saw it last night, in fact. <laughs> last night. I love it. Great. Yeah. We're, we're very on trend here. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Costco, the, the, the Costco piece, they called me and asked me to come in and walk through the store with Carl Quintilla, which was the, the, um, the, 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 uh, the host for the show. And we just, we, we took a tour around Costco and just sort of looked at, at all the different ways and the t- tricks. Well, it isn't really tricks, it's the strategies that Costco is using to keep people in the store, to encourage them to buy, and, um, you know, ultimately getting a lot of reward from customers with, in terms of loyalty and spending. Well, and I know I'm a Costco 
a purchaser. I go there not often, but I do go there. But I, I don't necessarily think of it necessarily as, as a luxury retailer. And I don't know that most people think luxury shopper when they think of people who frequent Costco. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm just curious. Do you think Costco appeals to people with money, but maybe people who want to save more money? Well, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, when we talk about affluence and we talk about luxury, I think that we really kind of get confused about what we're, what we're talking about. Because affluence describes the customer, people who are, you know, have more money. And if we look at any community, the affluent or, you know, what are the top 20% of U.S. households based on income. And they really are effectively the heavy lifters in the consumer economy because that top 20% spends and accounts for more than 40% of total spending in the economy. So affluence describes describes people. Luxury describes, you know, sort of what they're buying, or it's more descriptive of, of the, the experience. Now, Costco appeals very much to the affluent shopper, um, not necessarily the luxury shopper, but I can tell you the luxurious level of their food stuffs in particular is extremely high. So That's you true. can find luxury in there, although it's not, and, and of course there is, there is jewelry and so on, but I don't think, we don't think of Costco as a quote-unquote luxury retailer, but they're they're effectively a discounter that appeals to people who don't really need a discount because they are the <laughs> the affluent top twenty percent of consumers in any particular um, area, which is what what Costco targets. I'm curious, Pam. Is that people who make two hundred and fifty thousand and above? I mean, kind of what is that break point? Okay, the top twenty percent is actually households making a hundred thousand or more. Oh so, wow. You know, really, I mean, the average income in the, of a U.S. household is about sixty-five, sixty-six thousand right now, mm-hmm. and and you can be in the top twenty percent just with a hundred thousand. Now, from a hundred thousand to about two hundred and fifty thousand is what I call the Henrys. They are the high high earners, but not rich yet. People, they they are they're making high levels of income, but they aren't what we would call rich. And then at two hundred and fifty and above, that's the top two percent of U.S. households. So they're the top two percent. There's, you know, about 120 million U.S. households in total. So they really are at the top of the, the, uh, the food chain. And then the top one percent, which we've, you know, heard a lot about recently, actually starts at about $380,000. So that's sort of the, the breakdown of the affluent consumer segment. And the idea that all those people at the top 20% are actually, you know, luxury shoppers is an illusion because you know they, they don't, you know, one of the things that I, I stress with my clients is they don't get rich by spending all their money. They get rich by being careful shoppers, and, and that's the essence of what Costco has tapped into is that these are the affluent consumers are people who are, in charge of budgets, they often are small business owners who know the value and the cost of things. They know if they go to a, a fancy luxury um, store, they're paying for the carpeting and they're paying for the lights and they're paying for all of the, the things that surround you and the cost of goods. And that's one of the reasons why Costco appeals to the affluent because you walk in the store, you know you're not paying anything extra. I mean, they, they don't even have very fancy lights and their floors is, you know, not 
There's nothing, nothing on the floor. Everything is stacked up in boxes. You're not even paying for extra bags to go out of the store. And the people who shop at Costco appreciate that fact, appreciate that there aren't they aren't paying for those thrills of shopping and, in fact, are getting good value, and, and they depend upon and trust Costco for that. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to explain the difference in the luxury shopper and the affluence because I do think it's easy to get them confused and also breaking down the top 1% and 2%. I think many of us sometimes think that 250 and above is, is a lot more than the top 2% of the United States, but so many of us do also have a, a skewed worldview. <laughs> yes, we do. And I, and I think that's it's really important. I mean, if the top 20% starts at 100,000, I mean, it, what does it tell you about the, the 80% that are living, you know, in middle or upper middle income uh, households? Yeah, exactly. Well, and clearly, as you said, Costco is doing many, many things right, Um many things that, that you've yourself said that other retailers should be modeling. Share some of those insights, if you would. Well, you know, I think that the thing that Costco is really, you know, one, we really trust Costco. They've made a big point of of of, of letting people know that they don't mark the cost of goods up more than 14 15%. So that's one of the things that, you know, you really trust and depend on Costco. Another thing that I think is really intriguing about Costco is that they don't carry everything. They've really dumbed down the selection, and they, in fact, pick the right, the best products in, in particular product categories to feature in their stores. So you, again, have a sense of trust that they have edited the selection down for you. And I think that in many cases, retailers get really confused by thinking that customers want these ultimate choices and when in fact the more choices you create for the customer um, the more difficulties they have in making decisions so Costco has really helped you know edit down the selection so that customers don't have to make the kind of decisions that you have to make when you go into another kind of store and then the loyalty I mean it Part of it is through the that you have to pay for the privilege of shopping at Costco. I mean that builds loyalty, but there's something about that experience that people. Um, I mean, it was amazing when we were walking through the Costco store with the camera crew and everything, how many people would come up and talk about how every week they got to go into Costco. They've got to go see what's new, what's different. I mean, it's that loyalty, which is an amazing quality and that every retailer should be trying to, to model. But, you know, what makes a customer loyal to Costco isn't going to be the same thing that makes a, a customer loyal to Saks Fifth Avenue or, or um, you know, the, the Mac store or whatever. You really have to kind of get down to the essence and really understand your customers. And that takes an awful lot of interaction with them. It takes an awful lot of talking to them. You aren't going to find those, that essence of your brand out and, and the loyalty factor by simply doing customer surveys. You really need to spend time up close and personal with the customers well and you talk a lot about your pop equation and i know that's kind of the equation for success but i want you to put in your own words what the pop equation is and what elements make up that equation well the pop equation is in, is from my book shopping why we love it and we we looked at retail 
the retail experience and tried to kind of digest it down into sort of the essence of what makes a, a retail shop pop for the customer. I mean, what makes it really stand out and special. And that's what the pop equation is. It's seven different factors that create sort of an experience for the customer. Now, you know, as, as, as you look and do research on shopping and retail, there are two, I mean, really, retail is dumbed down. If you want to say what, what makes a retailer successful, it's dumbed down to two factors. The more time the shopper spends in the store and the more interaction the shopper has with either the staff people or the product or whatever, the more they touch and feel things in the store. The more time and the more interaction, the more money they're going to spend. So if you're a retailer, what you want to do is you want to max, you want to keep people in the store as long as possible and you want to get them to interact as much as possible with your, with your with your product and with your store staff and so on. And that's what the POP equation is all about. It's about creating curiosity. I mean, if we look at a Costco, and I have blogged about that, I mean, they really do, they have all these factors. They have this high curiosity factor. You have to, you know, you really can't afford to just walk through the racetrack design of, of Costco. You've got to, you've got to go down each of these aisles to see what's new and what's different and what's exciting. So it keeps you going going in the store, turning the corner, coming up the other side. So we build curiosity. You build this, Costco has this great sense of community, and that's a really magical quality. It's, it's that the, the staff people there, I mean, again, if you notice when you go to Costco, people like to, sh- I mean, people like to shop there. People like the, to be working at Costco. Mm-hmm. They, they, they really have built a strong sense of community and being part of the community, which really shows and translates into to more, to more spending and convergence. It's like the whole Costco shopping experience, for example, it really shows you that it's, 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 it's no frills retailing. Other stores that have this great convergence, and I, I mentioned Saks Fifth Avenue. Saks Fifth Avenue has a wonderful sense of convergence that you know what you know you know what you're getting into when you shop in a Saks Fifth Avenue store because all the things the products they sell the way they sell and the staff people that are there and the way they interact with you all comes together in into de- telling you one story about the brand so that, that's what the pop equation is really about it's about how you as a retailer can increase the amount of time people are in your store and how you can increase the amount of interaction the customer has because that's that's the that's their commitment to you Mm -hmm. and clearly costco's figured it out and doing it very very well well we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to switch from costco and we're going to talk about the summer travel season and what luxury travelers are up to more when purse strings returns after the break Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. 
To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Yeah, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. WebmasterRadio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. I've been chatting today with Pam Danziger, president of Unity Marketing. Unity Marketing specializes in providing business insights into the mindset of the affluent consumer. And we've been talking about uh, Pam's appearance on CNBC. It was a peek behind uh, the big giant Costco. We've been talking so far today about Costco and what they're doing right. And they're doing a ton right that other retailers could pick up on. But I want to talk about summer travel season too um, because we know uh, from years past that travel hasn't always been what it used to be when it comes to luxury travel. So I'm curious with the continued kind of economic conditions that we've been undergoing for the last four years, is the high net worth um, consumer traveling more this season or do you anticipate that they will? And if so, um, would love for you to share a little bit into a a white paper that you recently did looking at the luxury travel uh, by generation. So first, what do you think they're going to be doing this season for travel? And then tell me a little bit about that generational approach to travel, Pam. Well, we, you know, we, we, we survey luxury consumers every three months. So one of the things that we're always looking at is what's coming next. And travel certainly emerges in the summertime as being a, an area of increased expenditure. But more than that, people, I mean, affluent consumers, and if we think about them, they really have homes filled. They've got all kinds of stuff. And if we look at what delivers the ultimate happiness to people, where they get their greatest satisfactions and joy from being, you know, affluent and having money to spend, it really comes from experiences, that the things that they do, not the things that they have. So travel is really high on the list of, of experiences that, that deliver the ultimate happiness to consumers. So so we, we talk to them. There's an anticipation of spending more money this year um, on travel. One of the things that we've seen that's really popped in terms of travel experiences people want this year have been cruises. And I think one of the reasons is more and more the cruise lines have, have been expanding their their 
the, the their offerings have been also making their their cruise experiences very affordable. So that's one of the areas that we've seen really popping in terms of experiences. Another travel experience that I was very surprised in in our most recent survey was Pan-Pacific travel. It's almost like everybody's gone now, has done, the, you know, we're, well, while we're watching what's going on in Britain right now in the, the 40th uh, or the 60th anniversary of Queen Elizabeth, we really, <laughs> everybody's crossed the pond and has done that, been there and done that. Where people really now are looking to go is Pan-Pacific. So that includes Australia, New Zealand, um, and it includes um, China and Japan uh, and India. So there's going to be a lot more going west than, uh, rather than going uh, east when it comes to travel this year among affluents. That's interesting. I would, it makes total sense, the attraction toward Great Britain and then, and then onward, right, with Australia. I think that, that's pretty interesting. I was looking at your, your white paper on the, the luxury traveler and, and saw that, um, you know, there's some interesting approaches to generational travel. Talk about yeah. how those boomers are approaching travel these days and, and, and others, of course. Well, I mean, travel, it's not about the money that you spend. It's really, I mean, what's really special about travel is the time that you spend. And each generation has a very different perspective on time. And, you know, and I look at... I, just my own family. I mean, me, my husband, and myself, we're baby boomers. And we have a totally different take on travel than my daughter, who's a Gen Xer, and she's got a you know, husband and a baby. And, my, and then my youngest son, he's a millennial. And it's interesting because baby boomers, we really, we tend to have less day-to-day demands on our time, but we have a longer perspective. I mean, baby boomers looking at the the, you know, the rest of their life, they're looking at an 80-year lifespan. So it's like, what do I want to do with the last 30 years of my life if you're 50? You know, you've got 30 more years left, 60, you've got 20 more years. You're looking out toward the future. And really, you, it becomes time, your perception of time and what you want to do with that time is very different than for a Gen Xer, someone who is like the, the woman you mentioned, from 35 to 45, 50 years old. Usually those are people with... I mean, affluent consumers are people with very demanding um, personal lives. They usually have young children, growing families, demanding careers, which is why they're affluent. They've got we've got very responsible careers. So they're looking at tra- you know travel from a 24-hour, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365 days a year perspective, and they feel a lot of time pressure. So. When a baby boomer travels, they might be looking more for more active experiences. They're going to be looking for family um, experiences because, you know, they've got a bucket list and they want to kind of, mm-hmm. they want to make the most of the time they have left, which part of that is really getting close to their children and their grandchildren and really making a difference in their lives. Uh, Gen Xers, on the other hand, with their busy, busy lives, are looking for stress reduction. They're looking for time away. They're looking for child care alternatives i mean and that's one of the things cruise lines offer is that you know they 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 offer you know child care so you can take your kids and still um you know send them send them off in the day for activities um but they're looking for stress reduction they're looking to zone out and go offline and then millennials young people 
uh, have a lot of time, and you know, we, you remember at 25, and you can stay up all night and get up early in the morning, <laughs> so time is for you. It's really not as precious as money is, because younger people tend to not have as much money. And this young generation of affluent people, they may be coming out of college and making good money, but they're also heavily indebted for the cost of their education. And that's going to be a, put a real damper on luxury spending for affluent millennials, uh, you know, as we look over the next 10 years, because they really are carrying huge debts that Gen Xers have never had to carry coming out of college, nor baby boomers. It's, it's really quite a daunting prospect. Well, and that'll have lingering effects um, on the on the affluent marketplace uh, beyond, you know, beyond travel for sure. As they try to pay down that debt, I know we're we're out of time, but I just have to ask you quickly. You know, this time of year, we in marketing are, are looking at the back half of the year and and having high hopes for the retail uh, season that's coming up for the holidays. I'm just curious, what what are you foreseeing in spending and consumption with high net worth uh, consumers, Pam, around the holidays? Do you anticipate that it's going to be a stronger retail year? Uh, well, you know, I think we we always are very hopeful. I think for anyone in business, um, I think that it's really important not to not to be over optimistic. I mean, I think you really need to have a half full rather or half empty rather than a half full perspective on the economy because you know there are so many um, questions now about what's going to go on in the eurozone, what's going to happen with this new election cycle. Um, you know, what's going to happen with the stock market? I mean, there is still so many variables, and the fact is most Americans still feel like 70% of the luxury consumers that we survey still believe we're in a recession, and that's not going away. So I feel that, you know, as for retailers, I think you really have to, to really pick up the pace, keep the pressure on, keep marketing effectively, keep working and understanding to understand your customers better. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we've really got to be very cautious as we mo- look into the fourth quarter because I think there are lots of things that could could create a very negative uh, situation if everything falls kind of, you know, on, on, the, on the negative side in terms of yeah. the economy. The election. We won't say it. The election. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a big variable. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. it's huge so, for a lot of reasons. I'm going to be putting out a, a blog about the, the new, um, my projections for the gift season. So if people want to visit my website, they can sign up for that blog. Absolutely. That's unitymarketing.com. Make sure you check it out to, to sign up for that. Com, yes. Yeah, Pam, thanks so much for being back thanks. on the pro- Congratulations on the great CNBC coverage. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah. Okay, maybe it'll be more of that. Maybe that'll spawn more uh, network coverage of Unity Marketing and the great work that you're doing there. So everybody listening today, check check it out. Hopefully CNBC will rerun it. And um, at the very least, go on to unitymarketing.com. Thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me right here for another edition of Her Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Until then, make it a great one. 